Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message. Um, I want to just get in this where we left off. Most of the time, we're missing God's frequency because we're not tuned in to hear him. I think it's in everything from simple instruction to the big stuff. Um, in the beginning, everybody says, well, it was so easy to hear God in the beginning when I started walking with God. That's because you never heard his voice before. And it would be like if we were all in a circle, like say like me and five people we knew from church. And a new guy came into the circle. We would all become familiar with this guy's voice because we never heard it before. After about two, three visits, we're going to get used to him. And that's what happened with the Holy Spirit. It wasn't that God left. You just got too familiar. And one of the things that's big too, you become less obedient. Because remember when you first got saved and God spoke, you were like, yes, sir. And next thing you know, you get a little dull in your hearing. He gets a little quieter. Now it's, well, maybe, maybe. That's why when you first begin to hear from God, obedience is huge. It was the willingness of your heart. And sometimes what happens is we become a little bit more unwilling and we start shutting down, shutting down his voice. But you got to start spending time. We have to learn to fix our receiver, our hearer. God is already speaking. It takes time, it takes effort, and it takes focus. The average Christian becomes too busy for this. He is not in a place conducive to hear from God because he's too busy. And I think it's important that you and I both start understanding that we got to get unbusy. Right? We get busier and busier and busier. Now you can't hear. You got to slow it down. Look at Psalms 46.10. You know, like these scriptures, I got some scriptures for you. And, and when you start seeing these things, um, I think it's going to help you because King James is great. Psalms 46.10, look what it says. Be still and know that I'm God. I will be exalted among the heathen and I will be exalted in the earth. So he said, be still and know I'm God. Why do we talk about that stillness stuff? Because we know that if you ain't still, you're going to get too emotional. You're moving too quick. Now, one of the greatest stories it is, is in 1 Kings 19. Go to 1 Kings 19, 12. Because it, 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 it explains Okay, now look what he says. Um, you can even go a little bit up more. That was my bad. Uh, you can go to verse, let's start with nine. Start with verse nine. It'll read the whole context. This is when, uh, this is when Elijah was running from Jezebel and the Lord came to find him and he was, he was all confused. He was fearful. He was confused. He was messed up. 
And he came to a cave, and he lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Look what he says. I've been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altar, slain thy prophets with a sword. I, even I, am only left, and they seek my life to keep, take me away. He said, now obviously, he got discouraged. So I believe Elijah was literally discouraged. He was afraid. He was, he was depressed. He's messed up, man. He's in a bad spot. God is trying to get his voice over to him. And he says these words. He says in verse 11, Go stand upon the mount before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind and earthquake, can you imagine this? Earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. But after the fire, a still, small voice. And Elijah heard it. And he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? He says the same goofy stuff. God basically was done with him at this point. But here's what it is. Where was God's voice? It wasn't in that, the booming, shaking, fire. It was in that still, small voice on the inside. And you got to trust that. But the problem is, here's what happens. We don't get quiet enough. It's in the stillness, not the busyness, that we tune our spiritual ears to hear the voice of God inside. It's the still, small voice. But often, it is drowned out amongst the turmoil of our daily lives. That's why you got to slow it down. It's big. Most of the time, what do we do? We mistake God's voice for our voice because the Lord comes to us in thoughts sometimes and we think, oh, that's just me. No, man. You communicate with God in the spirit and what happens is you're hearing God, but you got to know like, hey, man, that's God. That's not me. If my thoughts are one with God's thoughts, that's okay. But here's the key. I can't take my thoughts and my words for granted not being God's direction or God speaking to me. Oh, that's just me. So if I was jacked up right now, say I was, I don't know. Say right now I was facing a battle and I didn't think I could win. And I thought in my own mind, well, the Bible says that he gave me strength to overcome everything. If God be for me, who could be against me? Oh, that's just me. What do you mean that's just you? Well, I just know that scripture, and saying that scripture is not applicable to my moment in time. What do you mean it's not? Oh, that's just me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Oh, that's just the Bible. Now, that's the word of God with power to make you greater. See, This is big. The Lord speaks to our spirit, okay? Sometimes 
not only in words, but in thoughts and impressions. So you get that thought like, think about that thought like, greater is he that's in me. No, that's just me. No, that was a thought impression from God to bring you back to the word so you know that God's word is true for your moment. You ever feel led? Like, I think the Lord wants me to do this. Or I feel like the Lord wants me to do that. Or I feel like this or something that. We miss the leading of the Lord because we go, oh, that's me. Why would you want to call somebody today? I didn't want to call them last week. Why would you want to talk to somebody today? I didn't want to talk to them, uh, go there. To, you see what I'm saying? Stop missing the moments because they're in the still spawn and they're not in the spectacular. Most people miss it because they're looking for the spectacular. I want an audible voice. I don't. It'll screw up your faith. Kenneth Copeland said that and messed me up. He said, if you need to see something physical for God to prove himself, it'll set your faith back. I like that. I was like, God, I don't want to see you go to heaven. You know what I mean? You need to see the Lord. Ah, no, you got his word. You got his Lord. You got his, wow. If you got his word, you got his word, you got his will. You got his will, you got the Lord. He's as good as his word. This is big. Now, this gets me, right? Now, this is huge. I'm going to talk to you about, I wanted to talk to you about this. When God gives you a promise, when God gives you something, now, why do we got to hear from God? Usually, it's connected to something bigger than just hearing. You know, it's not like I just need to hear from God today because I want to know he's there. You know what I mean? Like, you might believe in God for your marriage. You need to hear from God. Your kids, financial stuff, life stuff, health stuff. You got like, uh, it's almost like a dream. Not like a dream, like a mirage, but a dream, like a will from something from God, a dream, a plan. I want to start this business. We got this dream. That's great. Hey, I want to get married. You know, I'm young. I'm single. I want to find my mouth, my mate. Well, my, my mount. I want to find the mountain. What kind of mountain? You, you going to find a girl on the mountain? If you find a girl on the mountain, you better make sure she's not an, uh, what do you call these? A, a Sasquatch. Come on, somebody. Who goes looking for Sasquatch? Don't find a Sasquatch. Come on. Listen, lighten up. I made a mistake. When God gives you a dream or a, a promise or a word or, 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 you know, something from the word of God, you're, you're not just going to automatically fulfill this thing. So you're going to have to make critical decisions to grow through this thing. And here's some things you got to make a decision about before you even start. You're going to need to invest some time and energy in the pursuit of God. That, that, may, that sounds so simple, it's almost goofy. But the Apostle Paul said, don't mess up the simplicity of the gospel. You got to want to hear from God. Now, this is big, because you're not going to think, a lot of people don't want to hear from God. I'm going to say something, and it's probably going to be sounding so whack, but I almost feel like I have the, the, the green light to say this. I can guarantee you that half of Christians in America do not really want to hear from God. It's probably more. Because we want the appearance of godliness, but we don't want the sacrifice and surrender of godliness. So what people want to do is they want to serve God on their own terms. So I don't really want to hear God about my lifestyle. 
I don't really want to hear if I'm fulfilling what God has asked me to do. I want to have God and have the salvation, but you can forget about me making him Lord. When you start talking about the lordship of Jesus, you start talking about the surrender of your life. Like, check this out, right? You don't get to marry who you want to marry if Jesus is Lord. Wow. You don't get to go to any church that you want to go to when Jesus is Lord. You don't get to do the business, have the job, live where you want to live. Unless Jesus is Lord, you checking in with the big stuff. What do you mean, Pastor Chris? I can't just go. I tried to geographically. Listen, I left, went to Bible school. I tried to geographically. Is that even a word? Geographically. Would that be better? All right. I want, let me just break it down in layman's language. I didn't want to come back to Florida, man. I was like, send me to New Jersey and let me go. Let me loose. They speak my language. I was in prayer school. I'll give you a story. You want to hear a story? Okay, I'm in Bible school. You do two years. Okay, this is where I had to invest time. First year, everybody's cool. Second year. Second half of second year, the place becomes a nut house. Okay, let me tell you why. Because everybody in there has to make a decision what they're doing. You stay in, you go in, you're taking a job, where you're going, and now the pressure's on to hear from heaven. So I'm going to show you how I followed God to get here. Now, you're going to love this, okay? So I never read the daily devotional. I, I, do, I am not a daily reader or devotional guy. It doesn't work for me. The one-year Bible does not work for me. I'm inspirational. I got to stay in what I'm talking about. That's how I work. You want to do it, go do it. So they gave us this Bible that was, a, 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 you know, for the two years. It was a one-year Bible. I guess they expected you to read it, whatever. I didn't do it. But this one day, how many know when you need an answer from heaven, you become a whole lot more spiritual than you were six months ago when you didn't need an answer. So that's why I'm telling you to invest your time. Because if you don't have goals, this is why some of you got to keep faith in front of you so you have a reason to be in the spiritual realm you need to be in. So something told me, I'm like, all right, here, what are you going to do? Everybody, here's everybody. Like, you get done in like May, I think it was. I'm talking about like March. It is like nuts in that place. Where are you going? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you going? What are you doing? Where are you going? Where are you going? What are you doing? So now April, May, you're out. So you got, and you got stuff you got to make decisions upon. You know, you sign a lease on an apartment. You got a job. You got, it's like my buddy had a job. I was working the business. And I'm like, man, we got to figure out. We signed in this lease. What do we do? You got pressure coming at you to make a decision. I don't care if we're staying here another year, but what does God want? So I'm like, oh my God, what do I do? All right, so one day I go, God, you got to tell me what you want me to do. And you're freaking out a little bit. I'm being serious. I'm like, you got pressure. You know, it's not huge, but it's pressure. As a kid, you're thinking like, you know, man, I got to make a decision. And one day I just looked over at that devotional and I said, let me read today's devotional. And it was Noah and the ark. I was all right, I just read it. I'm just reading the Bible. Not looking for direction. Just felt like I should read today's devotional. I haven't read the thing all year. And he said these words. 
and Noah put the animals on the ark and they went. And then he sent out the dove. Remember the dove came back with the olive branch. He knew it was close. And check this out. In the NIV, because I think it was the NIV, it said, and Noah reached dry ground, but he didn't get out of the boat till God said. And I said, man, I got it. It hit me like a ton of bricks. Smacked me in the face. Just because I'm at the destination doesn't mean it's time for me to get out of the boat. So I knew May graduation, I'm, I'm not leaving. Because just because I got to dry ground, did, God didn't tell me to get out of the boat. The next day, after I solidified that in my heart, I was like, I'm staying. I don't know why God works like this. I read it, the olive branch, you know, the dove comes back with the olive branch. He knows the earth starting to, like the water starting to subside. He still don't get out of the boat. The Bible says he's on dry ground. NIV said he was on dry ground, but he stood in the boat till God said, get out. I got my answer. Stay at Rhema Bible Training Center till I tell you to go. I said, I'm staying here for all of my life. I'm down. I don't care. I was like, yep, sign the lease. I'm thinking in my head, stick around here. God will tell me when he's ready. The next day I go to prayer school. I'm not, I don't care about it. Anybody ask me what I'm doing, I'm staying here. Nobody asked. I'm in praying in the Holy Ghost. I go to prayer school, right? They're all praying. They're helping you in prayer school, trying to find it. And I kid you not, I've seen the United States map in my mind. And Florida lit up and lifted. It was like, I saw Florida, like the panhandle, the whole like thing. And the minute I started praying in the spirit, it went, whoom. It shot up, and I said, God's telling me go back home. And I felt it. He said, Whoa. and he shot out. I said, he's telling me go back home. I got it. I know what he's saying. And I, I didn't get it in the moment, but then I, I got it. He wants me to go back. So you know what I did? I, next day, I said, I'm going, I'm going back to Florida. Thank God I did. We're here now because of it. Was it massively, was it a voice? It was an impression. It was a decision. You gotta invest time and make decisions. I'm going after my destiny. Most people don't wanna hear it because you know why? We got a lifestyle sometimes we don't want a God to talk to us about. He's not gonna condemn you. He's not gonna convict you. He's not gonna be weird, but he's gonna ask for obedience. So you gotta invest time. In other words, you need to stop making excuses and start taking the plunge. Stop procrastinating your relationship with God and do whatever God told you to do because you're going to have regret if you don't. And another big thing, you got to let go of all security of thinking you're going to pull this thing off by yourself. You can't, you can't move forward in faith and hang on to security. This boat ride gets bumpy. You know what I'm saying? You know, Pastor Liz one time, she wanted to, man, I don't know how she gets me in these things. She gets this Groupon to go to Orlando and do trapeze. You ever see trapeze? You know them guys with the bar and you let go and you flip and do all this stuff? She gets this Groupon. She wants to go on a date. I'm like, oh, this is nuts, right? So I go along with her humor. My dates are way better. I'm going to go eat and shop and be, be left alone of things. Let me tell you, I'm getting older now. Now I go like this. I look at the thing. I go, risk, reward. If the reward does not outweigh the risk, I'm not doing it. You know, somebody told me the other day, you want to go ride a camel? I said, no, I'm not riding a camel. I'm not riding a horse. I'm not riding none of that stuff. Why? Risk, reward. 
ain't worth it to me. And all you people that like riding horses, I did that once, twice. I did it twice. The one time I kicked it so hard, the thing took off. I'm not doing that again. And I'm not, and the last time I went, the thing was boring. Doesn't go fast. And I, I, I just drive a car. Leave me alone. Okay. So she takes me to this place in Orlando. And I'm thinking, are we, how do we do this? Say, flip off this thing and fall on the ground and all this stuff. Well, they put a harness on you. You got this harness on you. And you can actually do some of these things. And they try to get you to release and flip. But bottom line is this, I got a harness on. What, take, what faith does it take with a harness on? Ain't no faith in this. But when you understand they're taking, I don't know why I thought about this stupid trapeze thing, right? Right? But, you know, like, you go, and, like, even though you know you got this thing on you, when you got to go let go and grab that other bar, let me tell you something right here now, bro. You're a little bit like, what, you know, because they, they swing it. The guy's on the other side, he swings it to you. And you got to time it and grab it. Now, you got this thing on you, but can you imagine these guys that didn't got no net? They ain't got no safety. You got to reach in faith and grab that thing. So check this out. In some point of life, you got to let go of all your security. And I thought about that when I was thinking about this. Like, well, you know, I want to hear from heaven. Man, you're going to have to trust you heard. Maybe you've never swung on trapeze before, but have you been in a point where you're leaving maybe one career and going to another and it's scary? Because you listen to the voice of God or you let something go by that you thought maybe I should do and you got to turn around 20 years and find out whether it's right or God said get married and you feel like, man, the first six months of this don't look like I should have married anybody. Look, man, you got to know if you don't let go of what you have, you can never grab on to what God has for you. Your vision, God wants you to basically just like that make a step of faith. But when you're making critical decisions to follow God, it's not about making quick decisions. It's about making the right decision. Quick decisions are usually wrong. God don't speak to you sometimes in quick. He'll speak to you in his timing. God wants to give you direction though. God sometimes will let you make your own decisions about certain days. But there's some decisions God wants you to make based upon what he's called you to do. So what investment do you have to make today to take this relationship with God to another level in following? Are you willing to make this investment? In what area of your life do you need to let go of some of this security you've been hanging on to in order to grasp what God has for you? I'm convinced of this, man. He's got to become Lord of all, man. I know it's a process, but he can't just be Lord of this area, but you ain't going to give him that area. I'm telling you, man, and it, it gets rough for people here because I think it's one of the greatest obstacles is this Lord business. Like, you know, he's God, you know, and he's cool and all that, but I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's really Lord of my life because, you know, some things I just don't want to give to God. You got to, and another thing too, 
you got to follow God and not what everybody else wants you to do. Because I'm going to tell you what, you're going to have a peanut gallery of critics the moment you start moving out on God's faith. Ain't that the truth, right? They got all these great ideas. Well, you know, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what I'm doing for. And God didn't speak to you to do it. Everybody's an expert about the decisions you're making with your life. Well, my mama, my mom, my mama, my mama don't want me to do that. You're 50 years old, bro. Your mama don't want you to do it. Come on, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to be weird, but you got to follow God. And let me tell you right now, following God, you ain't following the crowd right there. And I don't care what nobody says. I'm telling you, man, this Oh, you know, they got 90,000 people in the thing. I don't know, bro, if they're preaching the word. You're not going to like this. Listen, man, if you start just preaching feel-good stuff and everybody just feel good and there's, you know what the crazy part is, and I'm going to say this, the word of God is for inspiration, correction, and reproof. Two-thirds of your hearing the word of God is correction. You don't have to be corrective in the way you voice it, but the teaching has to have two-thirds correctivity in it because that's what the Bible says if you're preaching the gospel, it does. So that means I might just be talking obedience, not beating nobody over the head, or walking. So if you're preaching that, then you can't just be feel good every week. There's no way. There's no way. Not the truth of the gospel. And, I, and I'm not going to go there right now because... I'll, I'll read that to you. So if the word of God is more reproof and correction, then let me ask a question. Should most of the stuff I challenge you with be comfortable? No. I don't have to be arrogant or have an attitude the way I deliver it. But if I'm telling you, look, get it right, guess what? Two-thirds of it, the Bible says that's what it's for. Here's another big thing. Well, you know, I'm, I'm going to listen, but I'm telling you, if it gets rough, I'm out of this thing because God, if God's in it, why is it hard? You can't allow the circumstances to be the reason why you don't follow God. Just because you got an opportunity doesn't mean you're supposed to take it either. That's a big one. You shouldn't expect, you should not accept every door to be a door of the Lord. Because let me tell you something right here now. The enemy can be opening doors that look good, but you need your obedience to say no and stay in the plan of God for your life. No matter what difficult circumstances come in your life, you must remain faithful to God by listening. And man, I heard that. I heard great men of God say that time and time again. One of the guys, um, praise you, Jesus. Um, one of the guys said to me, he said, man, he said, I had this perfect job with this guy, and he said to me, he said, he goes, man, it was my lifelong dream to be with this guy that I cared about. He was, my, he was a mentor. He was a guy that I, I really wanted to work for, and he offered him a job. And he said it was the greatest job I could ever be offered. And he said to him, he goes, man, he said, I... I know in my heart of hearts, this is a dream. And he went home 
And the minute he went home, God said no. And he said, I cannot understand God. He said, no, that's not the will of God I have for your life. And he had lifelong dream to work for this guy. And the guy was going to put him over the head of his whole ministry. But God had a different path. That guy's ministry now is exploding. See what I'm saying? You don't know, but I got to hear. You know what I'm saying? You got to hear everything that God needs you to hear in life because you don't want to miss anything God has for you. I know, guys, it seems like, my God, this is really big. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to mess it up. I'd rather be behind God than ahead of God. Look, look at where God is speaking to you and say, God, if this is what you got for me, if this is what you have, I want you to know that I'm going to follow you. I know it might not be comfortable. The road might be bumpy. Might be a little stuff that I don't want to walk through. But if that's what you want, that's the difference between Savior and Lord. He saved me. Praise God. Now you got to listen to him. Well, I don't want to listen to the Lordship of Jesus. Cain and Abel created that Christianity in the beginning of time. I'll show it to you real quick. Because if you don't see it, you're going to see this in a wrong way. Okay? Look at Genesis Um, Genesis 4, and we'll look at uh, verse, verse 4. Okay, and then we'll wrap it up. And we can really start, I'm sorry. Let's, uh, let's start with verse uh, 3. It'll make more sense. And in the process of time, Cain brought the fruit of the ground as an offering unto the Lord. And Abel also brought the firstling of the flock, of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect in the Abel's offering. Why? Because God doesn't want a sacrifice from the earth. He wanted the blood of an animal to produce covenant. So basically what Cain was saying is, he knew what he was supposed to bring, but he brought to God what he wanted to bring. And God speaks to him. But Cain and his offering, God had no respect. Verse 5. And Cain was mad and his countenance fell. Why? Why did God not receive it? Because it's not what God asked for. You can't bring God. This is the Cain Christianity we see in the church today. I'll serve God the way I want to serve him. You don't get to serve God the way you want to serve him. And he said, why are you mad? Why is your face falling? He said, if you did what was right, you know your offering would be accepted. But you didn't do well. Because sin is lying at the door because that, that attitude of your heart is wrong. And your desires will not be your own, but sin will rule over you. And Cain killed Abel because of jealousy. But all the while, he could have had the same reward. He slew him because he got jealous. He got offended. He cursed the earth. But here's the big thing through bloodshed. But here's the thing. Why was that Cain Christianity per se 
Abel's heart to bring God what he asked him to bring was acceptable in the God. But Cain basically said, I'm serving you the way I want to serve you. And God said, sin's lying at the door and its desire is to take you. You cannot serve God the way you want to serve him. We must serve God the way God asked us to serve him. And obedience is better than all this stuff. Be obedient, follow God, listen to the plan. Notice, the more you want to learn how to follow, the better here you're going to be. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each and every person at the sound of my voice. I thank you, Lord, that you're moving supernaturally in their midst. I thank you, Lord, that you're doing things that could not be done. Without, without you, we couldn't even follow. Without you, we couldn't even hear. Without you, we couldn't even do. I just thank you, Father, right now, that in Jesus' mighty name, you are releasing the ability to follow greater than ever before in the lives of the people hearing and listening. And I thank you, Lord, you're taking their life to a whole other level. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. And everybody said, amen. Well, praise the Lord, man. I love you guys. Stay tuned for a couple of announcements talking about this weekend. I'm going to be seeing you Sunday. Glory to God. Remember this, God is faithful. And when you follow him, he's going to make sure he leads you right to the plan he has for your life. I love you and I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.